You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. All right, welcome back to the Sewing and Growing podcast. I like to repeat what Desmond has already told you, um, even though I don't say it as nicely in his uh Come on, English. give it your best shot. Give it your best shot. Welcome to the Sewing... No, you're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast. He's like, podcast... Right? He doesn't really say pod. It's like, pod. You had a big issue with that. I was yeah. really stoked from the get-go. Like, listen to podcast. this. And you're like, po- sounds like he's saying he's podcast. Like, you're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with J&J. Yeah. There you Something go. Very like good. That. I think he did a good job. You're pretty good with accents. I'm all right. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little stuffed, stuffed up. Yeah. I realized throughout the day, there'll be moments where I'm like, really great. I'm breathing freely. Like a Febreze commercial. I'll tell you what. I'm sorry if you heard me sniffle a lot in this podcast. Part of the reason is, is like I'll be mowing outside and then I'll roll in from here. And praise God, I'm going to receive my absolute freedom from seasonal allergies. Not there yet, but I'm not giving up. I'm staying persistent. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. There's, it's, it's something that I think just as in in all of Christendom, we really tolerate. Allergies. Like allergies. And whatever you tolerate will never change. Oh, come so, on. Say that come again. On. Whatever you tolerate will never change. Say it one more time. Whatever it's- you tolerate will never change. And I'm telling you right now, brother, you <laughs> got to be sick and tired we've of got, being sick and tired. We've got Hulk Hogan on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a movie coming out about Hulk Hogan. I can't remember who's playing Did him. Did anyone watch his... Uh- Hogan knows show? best. Yes. I did. <laughs> I, did I actually really liked that reality show because his son, Nick Hogan, had a had a mid-90s Toyota Supra. Did he really? And that's my dream car for those I didn't of you even who are notice that. Yeah, he, it wasn't in every episode. But I, I remember one episode where a Jewish family, Orthodox Jewish family, moved in next to him. And you don't know what of this is staged, but he's like, I'm going to throw a big barbecue for him. So he got a, he got a grill and then he like <laughs> grilled up all this meat. And it was kosher meat, but he had used the grill with unkosher meat, so then the, they mm, wouldn't eat any of the food. Bummer. But I think he chose. That, for, it was a, that was a fairly wholesome reality show. It wasn't from that what bad. I, remember. I felt like he even stood up for some good values. I'm he not, did. Yeah, I remember. I, I don't remember much from that show, so I'm to say that it was really great. I don't know. I just remember one where they were cleaning the house, and the daughter came out with a toilet brush, and she just sang, and she said, "I'll clean these toilets for you." I just remember her saying that. Man, you made that sound good. I almost <laughs> want to give you a toilet brush to sing it to. No All thanks. right. No we had a good intro. What are you talking about today, brother? <laughs> well, I thought I'd share with y'all a little bit about what a few weeks ago now, I just- <laughs> I like the way you said that. I'm 13. <laughs> you spoke at a youth conference. I spoke at a youth conference. I didn't crack my voice and pretend like I was going through puberty. But uh, I talked to them about a subject during a breakout session that I was invited by you. So thank you for that. Um, all about value and worth. And I'd love to just share some points, preferably, specifically, three determining factors- of value and worth. I think this is good for any age group, no matter how old you are, no matter what gender you are. I think it's very good to know this. Um, what was I going to say? Well, I was going to say this. Oh, go ahead. And I don't want to get to your punchline before you, but it's good for every age group because we're going to find out that value and worth don't really change, right? Exactly. Value and worth do not change. You need to know what your value is. You need to know who you are. You need to know whose you are. So if you're a 70s, I don't know. I don't want to say if somebody in their 70s drive in there 
Buick LeSabre. LeSabre going, I need to share this with my granddaughter. No, you need to share with yourself. You need to stay listening. <laughs> Keep it away from your granddaughter. No, no do no, that. But no. first, receive it for yourself. Share right. with excitement. Because you might think, I already know this. Yeah, I'm a child of God. He or, loves me. This is the value. But My ship is passed. No, I'm it hasn't. I'm not going to get there. No, it hasn't. Okay. Even if your ship is sailed, we're creating a new ship right now. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a yacht. <laughs> no, you might say, I already know this, Jonathan, you're going to say you're a child of God, you're loved, you've got infinite value. It's good to know, even if you feel like, even if you've, you've heard this a bunch of times, I guarantee you, because it happens in my own life, and I've gone to Bible school, all that kind of stuff, you will always become, uh, how do I say this? You will become the sum of what has happened to you subconsciously. Does that make sense? That's that's not right, but you a lot of times when you've done something wrong or something has happened to you, you will equate your value to that. You identify you yourself identified. according to that. No matter how situation. old you are, something is always happening in life, good or bad. But when bad things happen, we always we always do this. Makes me think of this, and I don't want to take away from your podcast, but I want to share right. it from. Go for it. Uh, Harry Wilson, missionary to Guatemala. Ooh. He t- talks about this. I'm sweating. He's sweating over there. <laughs> we are in the upper room of the church and there's no AC going on right in here. Yeah. Uh, but it's okay. There's health benefits to sweating. Yes. Uh, he shared this about a guy who got a tattoo and he was, he was interviewing, not, he heard this story of a tattoo artist and the tattoo artist said that he put a tattoo on a guy that said, I'm stupid. Like he got tattooed on himself. I'm stupid. And he said, what's up with that story? And he said, before it was ever tattooed on their skin, it was tattooed on their heart. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes things happen to us and we tattoo it to our heart. And we might be just not necessarily having ink on ourselves, but the situation that we find ourselves in, the way we live our life, it's as if we're walking around with a tattoo saying, I'm worthless and I have no value. Right. I think we need to remind ourselves of this every day. Um, so anyways, I want to go through three determining factors of value and worth. So the analogy I gave, which you're only listening to this, you can't see it, but if I had a $20 bill, this is what I did with the youth said, you know, how much is this worth? It wasn't a trick question. They said, oh, $20. Um, you know, that I crumpled it up still worth $20. I even ripped part of it. You know, I didn't, didn't destroy the dollar bill, but I ripped part of it still worth $20 stomped on it still worth $20. Um, and the reason why it's value didn't change is because, you know, whoever, you know, I was doing something to that dollar, but I couldn't really change that value of the dollar. I didn't create the dollar and the, the U S government created that, you know, the mint, the treasury, whoever was involved, they printed that off and they decided, Hey, this is what this, this $20 note, right? actually called a note, not a bill. Um, it's going to be worth $20. And you can argue with me now, well, with inflation and this, it actually $20 buys you less. Just let's let's talk about the principle here, okay? It was worth $20. The government set it at $20. It's worth $20, right? Because they were the people that, were, they were the entity that created it. So that was point number one about value and worth. The number one determining factor of something's value is whoever made it sets the value, Okay. And the underlying spiritual truth is, is that God created us, therefore he determines our value. Right, exactly. God made you, so you're a son or a daughter of God. I like this scripture, Psalm 139, 13 through 16. Hefty, hefty scripture here, so sit back, relax. Here we go. 
For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So your value and your worth to God is not determined by what you've done or what's been done to you. And so even with that $20 bill, you know, we talked about this, it could have been used to buy a number of things, right? It could have been used in a drug deal. It could have been in the G-string of a stripper. That sounds terrible. You got pretty descriptive there with the clothing. I didn't say that actually at youth group. I appreciate that as a youth pastor. (laughs) Thank you. Right? It could have been blood money. It could have been used to pay off a debt. could have been used to make somebody disappear. could have been in an offering at a church. It could. The same dollar. The same same $20 $20 note. Yeah. $20 note. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, That doesn't change its value. And I think it's a very important uh, 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 principle to understand. Isn't that so easy to mentally ascend to? Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're Valuable. I'm precious. But we forget it as soon as something happens to us. Not that we just don't forget it. We don't believe that. Yeah, we don't. We don't believe that. We think different people are more valuable than other people. Yeah. And that's and a that's we a, judge people that way at times too. Right. And a lot of times that's what keeps people out of the church. They say, you know, they go, Well, if I was stepped inside, the whole place would turn on fire, right? Or something funny like that, because like you don't know what I've done, man. You know, like I, I this ain't the place for me. But it really does not matter what you've done or what's been done to you. Um, because your value is set Based by the on person what was who done made you. To him. Yeah. Christ. So, that's good. All right. So he uh it's determined uh uh God determines your worth and value. Numbers 23, 19 says this, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not a human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? All those questions are to be answered with a resounding no. Rhetorical questions. Right. He has set your value and he isn't changing his mind. All right. And your value, I like what he said, it's been done, what's been done to him being Jesus. It was determined by and through his son, Jesus, um, which w- will bring me to point number two. I was going to say, that's a prelude to what you're about to say. <laughs> good, good segue. Uh, actually, it's not a segue because the segue is a change of subjects with a nice little tying is, is bridge. Is prelude fair I think to pre- say? Yeah, prelude. That works. Number two, value is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. So I gave this analogy. I won't, I won't go too far into it, but... Um, well, maybe I will, because it's a funny story. Uh, when I was in when I was in uh, uh, New York, I went to the Met. Everybody knows the Met; it's really famous. Um, I think it's America's version of the Louvre. Right? Yeah, it's an art gallery. It's an art gallery. Uh, a lot of famous paintings in there. Um, I went through that one; it was fine. There was another one that not a whole lot of people know about, and it's a modern art museum down the street, a little bit smaller. The Frick. It's called the Frick. I don't feel right about saying that. You know what? I feel I feel okay. So I'm going to say it again. Frick. (laughs) It's a modern art museum. Um, I walked through it and there was some really interesting stuff, but the the point, the analogy I'm going to make right now or the story I'm going to tell actually didn't happen in the Frick, but it was another (laughs) You're just looking for an opportunity to say the Frick. Okay, cuff me. (laughs) Cuff me. I walked into the Aspen Art Museum and uh, (laughs) the Frick of Aspen and... uh, (laughs) There was a 
There, <laughs> there it was, was a Doritos bag yes, turned sir. inside out. There was a Doritos bag that had been turned inside out with a bunch of holes punched into it, hanging from fishing line from the ceiling. The AC was blowing, so it was making this Doritos bag kind of flutter in the wind. Which sounds cool. It kind does kind of sound cool. But, but what? The price. Yeah, the price. So here's the thing. We walked in there and there was a good handful of people with their arms crossed looking very inquisitive. You know, I, I picture them, you know, having their hankies and, you know, just sophisticated, rich, arch, arch, rich, art <laughs> folk, what they do. And they were all astounded by this. And I'm like, does anybody know this is a Doritos bag? Like, this is not even worth $3. It ended up selling for over $800. Wow. Uh, which was crazy. And you think that's essentially worthless. But- the worth, the value was Here's determined. Here's the point, come on. It was determined, it was set by whoever was willing to pay the highest price. Somebody was willing to, to pay $800, which means its value was $800. I like the example that you gave about the king, not Jesus, but the earthly king. Oh, oh, oh you know, Elvis Presley. There's yeah. a movie out, I haven't seen it, don't endorse it or anything, <laughs> but share that one. That one was good. That, yes, that's actually point number three. So oh, I'll sorry. Go into it. They, Is that another prelude? <laughs> yeah, maybe. You're not it, done with point two. They're though. almost like the same point, okay. but it but we'll go into that in just a minute. So uh first Corinthians seven twenty three says this you've been bought and paid for by Christ, so you belong to him. All right. Amen. Um and we'll go into this. So God made Adam and Eve. He said, Yo, you guys are amazing. I don't think I can put a price tag on you. He said, you're not for sale. That's the new international Jonathan translation. <laughs> yeah. They're amazing. This, this, is, this, is, this is my translation here. He said, you guys are priceless. I can't even put a price tag on you. But he made them with free will, right? That's true. So ultimately, they could sell themselves if they wanted to. And that's exactly what happened. They determined that the price tag on eternal relationship with the one who created them would be a piece of fruit. They sold relationship. They actually ended up being separated from God and that the, 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 the determining factor was a, was a piece of fruit, right? Um, God had to buy us back, right? We were far too valuable to him. So he, he, uh, he had to set the value so high that the only thing that would pay for it was a human life. And that was Jesus, right? His son, Jesus. So for, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus to us, right? So, um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're alive and you're breathing, go ahead and just take a deep breath with me on the podcast through your stuffed up nose, if that's the case. That was me. Me too. Right? God has declared and demonstrated what he's willing to pay for you. Um, but if you're alive and breathing, you also have the power to choose to sell yourself away once again. And I'm reminded of a story of, Come on. of Jacob and Esau. And bowl of beans. <laughs> and a bowl of beans, bowl of soup, bowl of lentil soup. Maybe yep, that's what it was, right? I think it was a bowl of lentil soup. I'll give another Jonathan paraphrase. So basically in Bible times, the firstborn son was the heir, not the error, the heir to the birthright, which is everything that the father had was bestowed upon the firstborn. Esau was the firstborn. Jacob was not. You know the story. Do you want to say it? I I like, All right. I'm like watching you. I can if you want and you can correct me. So Go for it. Jacob is much more the manly man. And the hairy man. Esau has, is. Sorry. See, I'm already off to the wrong spot. Esau, thank you. Yes. Right. I meant Esau. You know I meant Esau. I know you meant Esau. Esau and Esau was Very the hairy. favorite of the father. Yes. He was the firstborn. Yes. He's out hunting, doing manly things. Yes. Uh, honoring his Second Amendment rights. Yes. And then, exactly. guess what? The deceiver, Jacob's back at home hanging out with mom making soup. Yeah. Squirming up a deal. So he knows that Esau's working hard trying to go get some meat to eat. And he's going to come home hungry. He comes home and he's starving 
And uh, Jacob, the deceiver boy, is hanging out and he goes, <laughs> hey, boy. you look hungry. And he's like, I'm so hungry, man. What do you got there? He's like, I've got a bowl of lentils, bean soup. And it's hot. It's ready to go. Tastes yeah. so amazing. He goes, I want some. Can I have some right now? Jacob says, yeah, if you follow my deal. He goes, what's the deal? I'll give anything. Right. He said, uh, I'll take your birthright. He said, what does it matter to me if I die? Have my right. birthright. And he gets the bowl of soup, satisfies that momentary hunger and loses the firstborn right. birthright blessing. Can you imagine being that famished that you think you are going to die if you don't have a meal? If you ask me as a seven-year-old, yes, sir. <laughs> right now, hopefully I've gained some maturity to say no. Right. So he sold away his entire inheritance, his birthright for a bowl of soup. And we look at those, we look at those stories in the Bible because we're on the outside looking in, right? And we think, right. how stupid, how stupid could he have been? I've been there. I've been that stupid, right. man. Well, we are that stupid. I'm okay, sorry. Okay. But we have the power to sell ourselves away. Um, and each and every day, we choose to sell ourselves for moments of pleasure, for temporary things, for material things, all of those things. Anything that's not of eternal value is taking you farther away from God. And so we have a, a we have a, a choice when I when I choose, hey, I'm going to I'm going to partake in this pleasure. It's separating me from God. We're selling, we're giving up our birthright. We're giving up our inheritance at least temporarily or it could be eternal if you choose to follow that path, you know, forever. But we are every day making decisions that essentially is selling ourselves uh, away. Right. So ask yourself this, what is my relationship with God worth? Right. Is this going to hinder my relationship or is this going to help my relationship? What is my future worth? Right. And here's something I want you to write down mentally when you're listening to this podcast. Do not devalue what God has deemed priceless. Amen. Say that again. I'll say it again. Do not devalue what God has deemed priceless. He already put, uh, he already deemed you priceless. I mean, you are of value to God. And he and, has the authority to set that. And he has you the authority don't. to set that. You don't. And so, but you can choose to really uh, uh, devalue yourself in the decisions that you make. And I, I think it really hurts the heart I like of God. what Paul says. He says, walk worthy of the calling right. to what you've been called. He called you. You didn't deserve that calling, but you have the opportunity to walk worthy of yeah. it. And so point number three about value is who owns it or even who has owned it. And this is the whole point about Elvis. So uh, let's just talk about what car you drive. I drive a red 2016 Honda HRV all-wheel drive. There you go. <laughs> it's a solid car. Right? It's not fast. Right. And so it's not super rhetorical pretty. question, not a trick question. Is your 2016 Honda HRV of more value than Elvis Presley's? I don't know what year it is. I'm going to say 55 Chevy that's in a museum. Uh, his vehicle is right. much more valuable. Why is that? Because Elvis owned it. Because Elvis owned it. No offense to John Piccinotti, but not a whole lot of people know who you are. Not a whole lot of people know who I am. And so the point was, he's he's very well known. He's famous. Because it belongs to him, it has more value. But my car can do much more than Elvis Presley's 1955. I know your car has power steering. It does. Your car has internal combustion. There you go. And AC. But and his car in particular has like 20 vents, like right up front. He Every time he gets in my car, he's so amazed by the air conditioning vents. <laughs> it's impossible for right. Pastor Jonathan Rosser to get in my vehicle and not make a comment <laughs> about the air conditioning vents. So despite all those amenities, it doesn't matter because who owns it is not Elvis Presley, unfortunately. Right? So who owns the car really determines its value. Um, I lost my notes. 
I'll go. I'll just go back to First Corinthians seven twenty three. You've been bought and paid for by Christ, so you belong to Him. Be free now and of all these earthly prides and fears. So you've been bought and paid for by Christ. You belong to Jesus. So how much does that make you worth? Jesus was the most famous person who walked the earth. Jesus was the most powerful person who walked the earth. Jesus was the most influential person who walked the earth, and he's the only person who walked the earth who died and rose again and gave us eternal life. Amen to all that. You thought like, oh, don't stop there because there's some people who did die and they raised again, but nobody else gave us eternal life. Ooh. All right. So you belong to him. That makes you infinitely of value to God. Amen. Amen. Right? So if you've given your life to Christ and made him Lord, then you now belong to him. And I think that that's a, a term that sometimes we have problems with. You're like, I, like he owns me? Like I belong to him? Like what am I, a slave? We well, don't no. like saying that we're owned and we don't like to be used. Right. But both the things from God he owns are okay. You. Yeah, he, he does. He, listen, his ownership of you does not make you a possession. You're still a son. You're still a daughter. It's not about him controlling you. It's about him caring, protecting, and having a relationship with you. And that word ownership also means this, to accept endorse, support, uphold, and defend. Those are God's promises to you. When you belong to him, when you have a seat at his table, right? There's some benefits to that. He's going to accept you. He's going to endorse you, support you, uphold, and defend you, right? And I'm reminded of a movie that I watched. I actually saw it in theaters with my my girl cousins and my girl sister, (laughs) which... I didn't need to say girl sister. Sister implies that she's a girl. We went and saw The Princess Diaries. You ever seen that movie? Yeah. With uh Sometimes I get Anne that mix, mistaken with The Princess Bride. Totally yeah, don't different. make that mistake because one That'll is really offend one you. is the best movie ever made and the other is just what I'm a using for my point. A quality chick flick for, yeah. for So the Princess girls. Princess Diaries, this girl's name is Mia Thermopolis. She's just an average girl who likes to rock climb, kind of nerdy. She doesn't know that she's part of royalty. There's actually, I think it's like Estonia. Her, she's the heiress of Estonia. She's the heiress of Estonia. She doesn't know that until they come and tell her that. So she gets adopted and engrafted into this family. And now what was theirs now belongs to her. She's she, living in the palace. She's living in the palace. She's got the tiara. She's, she's eating the food. She's got the dress. She's got the garden in her front. She's got garden. the garden. She's got the tulips. She's got the Rolls Royce, right? She's got the red carpet laid she's out wherever she She's got the butler with white gloves. Exactly. She's got the dinner that's served on the platter with the with the nice silver dome on the top of it. I am not adding anything more to this. <laughs> right. So she became an heir. She was engrafted and adopted into this royal family. So we, the Bible says that we have been adopted into God's family, that we are now joint heirs with Christ. Heir, that's where we get the word inheritance from. So now, just like Esau was the firstborn, unfortunately he sold it away, we are now joint heirs with Christ. And we belong to him. We belong to God. That's a good thing. So those are those three determining factors, but I wanted to talk about this too. And I have just, I want to read one thing out of this book. This book is called How to Worship a King Outside of the Bible. This is my favorite book, the most impactful book I've ever read. And he's got coffee stains stains or Coke Zero stains. I'm not sure what that is. Talking about value, you need to know, uh, hopefully from what I've talked about, you understand that you are a value to God, but I also want you to know what brings that value is not necessarily what you do. And I want to read this because I think we get completely, uh, we get, uh, uh, confused about this topic. So religion, the heart of religion says this, I'm reading out of this book. It says, I must do my duty in order to be of value to God. That's 
the religious heart. Worship is the opposite of religion. The heart of worship says, Jesus proved I am of value to God and I serve him because he is also of value to me. Religion teaches us that our function determines our worth and our identity. That would be, I am because I do. Worship teaches us that our identity determines our worth and our function. I do because I am. And God determines our identity. That's really good. That's like... You have the opportunity ooh. to pause that, rewind that, listen to that again. Do you want me to just read it, it again? rewind it, pull out a notebook, rewrite ooh. what that guy said, look at it. That's good. Yeah. And so before that, he talks about this whole like being used by God. A lot of this is semantics. You know, we can agree, disagree upon it. But just what he was trying to say was that tools... So like a hammer, really the, 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 the value of a hammer to me is its function. If the hammer breaks, I throw it away. I don't keep around broken hammers, right? And so if you get in a religious mindset, you kind of get in that hammer mindset as if my value to God is just in my function and what I can do. And if I'm broken, I'm of no value to him. Well, God doesn't want to keep you broken, but your value isn't determined by what you do for him. And I know, uh, we talk about, I think it's in, um, it's in one of the Timothys, right? He says, we need to be vessels, vessels of, of honor, honor, fit for the master's use. So there are those scriptures, but just it's about the mindset of your value being determined by solely what you do. There's a minister by the name of Peter Scazzaro, and he says, our doing comes from our being. Yeah. So it's what comes first. Do you right. realize who you are, that you're valuable and right. you're of worth before you perform the un- function or are you performing the function to pro- right. try to prove who you are? Right. And no matter what I do, it's not going to make God love me any less or any more because all of that was determined through the cross and through Jesus. And I'll, I'll never read- be more th- yeah, than I, I am, am right, right now. now. I'll read the last part once again. Religious- religion teaches us that our function determines our worth and our identity. I am because I do. Worship teaches us that our identity determines our worth and our function. I do because I am. And God determines our identity. Well said. Read this book, y'all. Maybe we'll do a podcast on this book. I don't know. It's it's pretty long, but it's called How to Worship a King by Zach Neese. And outside of the Bible, it is the book that has impacted my life the most. Boom. Yeah. I mean, we should call those episodes Book Club. Book Club. Book Club with J&J. Yeah. On the Sewing and Growing Podcast with Would it J&J. make the Oprah Winfrey Book Club? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> but it should it cracked me up I don't know why <laughs> everybody look under your chair you get a book you get a book you get a book I digress can you pray us out what I'm about get- the wisdom of the day man oh yeah sorry I'm just getting so hot I'm sweating bullets okay well, not I'm gonna, because I'm nervous I'm gonna say the wisdom of the day because I got a little revelation off what you said you kind of mentioned it but you said your value and your worth isn't determined by what you do and I added to that it's Determined yeah. by what happened to him. Yeah, that's good. And it, it reminded me of something that Bob Yandy and a minister shared at this mm-hmm. church when he talked about the Passover and the sacrificial lamb, that the success of the sacrifice was never determined by the person who brought the sacrifice. It was determined by the sacrifice that was given. Mm-hmm. It was determined by the lamb that was offered by the person. It wasn't determined by the person, but it was determined by the quality of the lamb that was brought. And we know that our lamb is the precious son of God, Jesus Christ. It's never determined by us. It's determined by Jesus. So therefore I can be secure. I can be confident in who I am because of who he is. Amen. 
That's a good one. I like that one. I, I, in our last episode, I kind of copied yours, so I won't copy that. Mine is really what I shared out of this book, and I won't read it again, but the simple mindset change of not thinking I am because I do, but thinking I do because I am, kind of what you were saying earlier out of that other um, book. Was it the book? The quote that I made after your yeah. comment? No. Not I'm, Bob Yandian, the other guy. Yeah, Peter Scazzaro. Peter Scazzaro. Fellow yeah. Italian brother. Fellow Piccinati. Italian brother. Tutti a tavola mangiare. Yeah. And just making sure that you don't let uh, the enemy convince you that you are the sum of what has happened to you. That's big. Um, that's because that's a lie. Father God, I'm, I'm jumping in. Yeah, no, right you're now. good. You're good. Go <laughs> Father God, I thank you so much. For the value and the worth that you determined on us. And Father God, it's so easily to say we know these things, to mentally ascend to these things. But let us literally open our heart and uh, ponder to, to observe and behold that we have been called children of God and you determined our value and worth. And that's where we start from. We start from a spot of sonship and being adopted in the spirit of adoption so that we can live in all that you have for us with the right motives. So we're not comparing ourselves. So we're not being insecure. Father God, big things were shared today, even though they may have seemed simple, very well shared by Pastor Jonathan. Help us to live them and to walk worthy of our calling. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Catch us next time. Yeah. On the Selling and Growing Podcast. That's all. That's it. That's all. Have a good day or night or morning. You're set, folks. (laughs) Bye.